Hey there, folks. I am Dave Holmes. Welcome to Troubled Waters, the show that treats popular culture as the most important kind of culture because at this stage in human history, it is the one that bums us out the least. Now, back when people could mix, Troubled Waters would pit two teams of comedians against each other in a pop culture battle royale. But now, teaming up with another person who is not in your quarantine pod is possibly lethal. It's definitely not cool. So for now, it's one comic against another. To win this battle, each comic will be called upon to use their smarts, their rhetorical skills, the, the great comebacks they've been hoarding in isolation to earn the coveted Troubled Waters title, Pundit Emeritus. That title immediately gives a person's opinion on, say, the sensuality of the Queen's Gambit more than a civilian's. You are listening to Troubled Waters. So let's just address it. Yeah, are you hearing the sounds of nature? Yes, you are. That's because I'm in my backyard. Uh, a plumber is plumbing inside my house. My dog is losing his mind inside his crate. So we are coming to you from my backyard. Drink it in. There's nature, there's birds, there's definitely a helicopter searching for a murderer. It's just the way it's going to be. Let's meet our teams. Our first contestant is a stand-up, and his debut comedy album, Last Wishes, is out now. It's Brian Parisi. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it never better. Now, you, you, <laughs> As I moved outside, you said, oh, I wonder what nature thing is going to happen outside. I am now being tormented by an actual bee. <laughs> it has so to happen. So I might get stung. You two are dealing with some construction, I understand. Yeah, there's kind of constant construction where I live. It's not really a, any one given yeah. thing. You're in New York City. That's the way that it yeah. goes. Um, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as good as you can be with the, with the current situation. Yep. I'm in the midst of like homeschooling my seven year old niece, uh, as just oh my like, goodness. like, uh, an a- doing an amateur job at that. And, uh, yeah. And, and comedy. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's, it's the perfect recipe for 2020, you know, a little bit of outdoor comedy where uh, laughs have nothing to bounce off of. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, some basic math. Yeah. Second grade math. Killing it. God bless you, Brian Parisi. Our next contestant is also a stand-up. She can regularly be seen on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. She has the podcast, Fake the Nation. It's Nagin Farsad. Hello, Nagin. Oh, my God. Hi. Hello. <sighs> oh, how are you? I, you know what? I join, um, I join Brian and yourself in the construction crew. Um, mm-hmm. I also have some construction on my building, uh, also in New York City. I'm, Great. you know, I'm fine. Am I reaching some sort of p- pandemic burnout? Probably. Um, yep. But <laughs> for the moment, I'm doing real okay. Yeah, good, good. We're all getting by as best we can. No, and also, I mean, I don't know when this episode drops, but uh, our, you know, our political climate sort of changed dramatically in the last few days. So uh, that's also yeah. real fun and something to keep remembering and smiling about. It is a thing to keep remembering and smiling about, even though, I mean, it is happening in the least satisfying way. The most stressful, <laughs> least expeditious, and most terrifying way, right? Right, or you can look at it as it's happening in the most... Um, 
satisfying way for watching a losing team struggle with the concept of loss. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know I mean? that is pretty. That's nice. also that is, it's it's a little funny. I mean, I understand is, like the threat to democracy part, but also hilarious. Yes, yeah, it's it's there are tasty moments. Each day brings a new delicious, delicious moment. Right, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, the the thing the other day. With the guy who is not a gay black man saying he was a gay black man, and then he was like, "Oh, actually, I was quoting somebody," and then you find out the person who's he actually wasn't quoting anybody, and then somebody steps in to pretend to be the person they quoted, and that's not real, and then that person is Patty Labelle's nephew. It's like, what the <laughs> what wow, is happening? What's why why going on? I did not did you follow get, that, Brian. I did not get to the end of that rabbit hole. Like I saw the basic well, first part of it, and then I went, I, I I can't, I don't know what this, I can't do this. And you, you guys went to the end. Yeah. That's uh, I should have kept going with that one. I think you could just file it all under four seasons total landscaping. That is, <laughs> that the, is... The, the t- that's the umbrella of all of these uh, yeah. these kind of na- nationwide jokes that we're experiencing. Yeah. yeah, delicious. Yeah, and and by the way, don't speculate for a moment as to whether we have reached the end of that story. I mean, it definitely, we've reached the patty cakes part of it, but we have not necessarily reached the end. There could still be twists yet to come. Um, I'm going to move back inside because my connection out here is unstable and I don't like bees. Okay. So now I'm just walking and talking. This is a very, this is an active episode. We're up on our feet. Okay. Here we go. Going back into the office. But now that we have met our players, it is time to see who has the better grasp of what really matters this week, pop-culturally speaking. So players, if you're ready, you will each be given a chance to tell me what you think is the most important, perhaps the most tragically overlooked story, person, place, or thing of the last week or two. Brian, we will start with you. Okay. Uh, This is, uh, I got an overlooked story that I think got buried a little by the news. Uh, It's a Chick-fil-A story. Uh, okay. It was it was uh, a little on the fringes, uh, but there was a woman uh, in Missouri who uh, tried to get free Chick Fil A by oh, pretending no. that she was an FBI agent. Um, and yeah, she took it to the point of like, so she starts doing that, and then I think the amazing part of the story is not just that she did that, uh, but also that she kept doing it when the police arrived. Like she never broke, oh, no. which kind of reminds me of the <laughs> of the total landscaping thing where you're just like, she just kept rolling with it. Um, yeah. So when they in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. She went full out. She she so like she started with uh, claiming that her credentials were uh, electronic, um, which I don't think is a thing. Uh, I think like FBI people have to have like badges. So you do have to have a badge. Yeah. yeah. yeah so when the cops, even in the, even in the internet age, yeah. you must have a badge. Well, it would be like a terrible thing for raids if they broke down the door and had to be like, FBI, get online, get the Wi-Fi up. Yeah. Let's, well, I'll give you, yeah. we'll give Scan you our info. QR code. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so they, uh, she did that at first. And then the, my favorite part is, um, as they're arresting her, she's, um, talking into a fake radio in her shirt. Oh, come to on. say like that, hey, I'm being arrested. You need to come pick me up at the. And I was just like, oh my god, this is. I just love how committed uh, she was to yeah. it. And I'm I'm wondering if like when they gave her a call, like they're like, you get one call at the police station. If she was just like, well, you're gonna have to call the fucking FBI because that's where I'm from. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if she mm-hmm. ever stopped doing it at some point. Um, 
but I thought it was just amazing that she kept going and uh, I, I, I love and all and like she's a white woman I don't know if I need to say that um, but no. <laughs> it was it was it was pretty clear from when the cop showed up and she just uh, kept going with her lie but um, yeah it was uh, amazing story oh that is delicious that is absolutely delicious. That entire story is your buzz in word. So, uh, no, I, we'll, we'll say we'll say Chick Fil A. Uh, Nagin, how about you? I like to check in on Turkmenistan every now and again, and um, they have a just a huge gilded statue of a dog um, that they unveiled right. uh, in a in a in a traffic circle um, in the capital of Turkmenistan, uh, which, as we all know, is Ashgabat, and. Um, the uh, there was also the same like golden dog uh, was also gifted to Vladimir Putin. I don't know why. Um, and um, I just love that it's so weird um, and that it's a celebration of this particular dog breed or whatever. Um, yeah. It's just one of those weird things that dictatorial countries do where they like unveil statues of strange things because mm-hmm. um, the strong man wants it wants it to be. Uh, I and I, um, I, mean, I find them dog. really fun. It's a statue of a helpful dog. Is it a I'm statue into. of a helpful dog, or is it? I think it is like a, a hunting dog, a sign right? of like power. You know, also it can how, be both. How often um, in your life are you unveiling golden statues? That is, that's a good point. You know what I mean? How often are you using yeah. public funds? You know what I mean, Dave? Like to yeah. be able to um, unveil a statue with with public funds that's in gold. Not a bad point. Not a bad point. But if you're going to do it, it might as well be of a dog. Folks, I believe it is chick versus dog <laughs> is our is our face-off today. Or chick-tater versus dictator. Hard to say. I'm going to go chick versus dog. Just because it's one syllable, that makes a good buzz in word. We've got them at the ready as we go forward. But before we do, um, we should take a moment to honor Alex Trebek, the, the greatest to ever do it. Um, we are... You know, we're a quiz show and a, and a comedy show, and Jeopardy has been a mainstay in my life for literal decades. Um, Alex has always not only crushed it as a game show host, but really seemed like a uh, a good guy uh, and somebody who made knowing stuff seem kind of cool, which is not bad in this day and age. Um, our writers wanted to create a round this week that would uh, that would celebrate Jeopardy, but it's really hard to do that without just ripping Jeopardy off. So instead. Um, what we have decided is that the best way to celebrate Alex Trebek is with sincerity, because he was sincere. Um, never more sincere than in this moment when he read a series of hip-hop song lyrics as answers to a category. Let's give it a listen. Thank you to Josh Jordan, at Numbers Cruncher on Twitter, for sharing this clip with us. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Buy a chopper and have a doctor on speed dial, I guess. Mad City. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Young Money Militia, and I am the commissioner. You don't want to start wheezy, because the F is for finisher. Panda Panda, Panda Panda, Panda Panda, Panda. They mad, they ain't famous. They mad, they still nameless. But we still hood famous. Yeah, we still hood famous. I was just getting into this rap thing. I'm not too good at it. But wow, I love that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Was he a part of your daily diet um, at at any point in your life? Absolutely. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much always. 
Yeah, I mean, if I'm at home at seven o'clock, that is what I'm doing. Oh, you still as not? You know what's interesting is I, for some reason, I associate it with my, with my salad days. Um, I I yeah. uh, was a kid really, or with um, with Jeopardy on in the house. Uh, for some reason, as an adult, we just like I don't know. Did, just yeah. didn't do it, but, uh, but as you know, so me and my parents would watch the news, and then we would watch Jeopardy, mm-hmm. and then you know, very, sometimes we would pay attention, sometimes we would check out, sometimes it would just mm-hmm. be sort of half and half of the net. But it was always like the sound of like evening has begun, Jeopardy is yep. on, yeah, yeah. And if I get one answer correct, it'll sustain me for the night. <laughs> <laughs> Completely, you felt like so smart, yeah. Yes. Oh, if I, if, I, if I get the, the final question, forget it. Forget it. You'll, I, you, you won't forget it. <laughs> there was a there was a, someone from my, my hometown that was on um, one of my dad's colleagues. And it was just like the talk of the town that this yeah. guy was on Jeopardy. Brian, are you a Jeopardy guy? I'm not like a huge, like, I don't, I don't know if I seek it out and watch it. But every time I'm home, like when I visit my parents, they record it every night and they get like huge so they have these like blocks of like Jeopardy that they'll just plow through like one after another. And, oh, and they that. also like, they have no, uh, I think one funny thing is like they, they have no patience for like the chit chat that Alex does with the contestants. Like they're all about oh, the questions. So they'll literally fast forward through him talking to the people, uh, which I'm yeah. like, this is really harsh. This is like, this is his one time yeah. to shine. And, uh, <laughs> and they're just like, Nope. Uh, so they they knock them out in like fifteen minutes one after another. Um, but wow, yeah, wow, and for them it's all about the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. The answers rather interesting. Yeah, because because for me, you know, I guess I don't know, being a comedian or whatever, um, I'm all about like the chit chat in between. Yeah, you want to see <laughs> what these like boring. very smart like, weird let's people get into have to say. Those people, yeah, yeah yes. like who are they? What are they about? What are they into? You know? Totally. By the way, by the way, I think it's either the 16th or the 17th. Let me find out. Uh, friend of the show and host of the podcast, Probably Science, Andy Wood, is uh, a contestant on uh, on Jeopardy. If you know Andy, oh. um, yeah, he is. Uh, he is on, no November 16th, Monday, November 16th. Okay, let's get it popping with a game we like to call competitive anecdotes. And this is where our contestants get to talk about. Something that we really hope they know well themselves. We'll give you a topic. We'll ask you to share a story about a time that it applied to you. And at the end, I will award points however I fucking feel like. I'll be judging on a spectrum of categories such as charm, uh, pithiness, or if it is just so actually cringeworthy that I have turned my entire body inside out like a sea cucumber. Uh, today's round is inspired by the, the single greatest achievement. In human history, I am, of course, referring to, as we discussed earlier, Four Seasons Total Landscaping. It is a press conference that if you had pitched it to the, the Veep writer's room, they would have said it was not believable. As we, uh, You know this by now, but they wanted to have a, a press conference at the Four Seasons. Somebody got it wrong, scheduled them at the fucking Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> and then they just did a full Pee Wee Herman and said, we meant to do this. We're celebrating a great American business that has been around since when? Oh, 2012. Sure. Yeah, it's been around for seven years or whatever. Um, They pasted some fucking, you know, campaign logos all over it. It was between a dildo shop and a crematorium. Um, It was just absolutely delicious. So in memory of that 
bless an event. We are asking you to tell us a story in which you got yourself into a situation where you were in a little too deep, but you just had to play it off like a, like a not FBI agent in a Chick-fil-A. Maybe it was an awkward date. Maybe it was a, a lie you couldn't spin yourself out of. Maybe you held a press conference next to a dildo store. Whatever happened, we want to hear about it. Anyone may begin. Um, okay, I'll go. So I um, made this. I made this movie. Uh, well, where I rounded up a bunch of Muslim American comedians in a nonviolent way, and we went around the country to places like Alabama and Mississippi and Arizona and Utah and Idaho and just places where they love the muzzies. And we did these shows, right? And we called it "The Muslims Are Coming," and um, we documented the whole thing. Whatever turned it into a movie, and. Um, well, one of the stops we had was in Tennessee, and there was um there was a state fair in Tennessee. We're like, oh, we got to get out of you know, uh, and we were like, you know, in, in in cars, and we had a camera crew and this whole thing. We were like, oh, the state fair, it's a perfect spot for to to get some B roll. We get out and we are you know walking around the state fair, and we notice that there's some bare knuckle boxing happening in this kind of area off of the state fair, and so we we go into this. Um, I don't know, this event space, we'll call it, uh, where they were holding bare knuckle boxing matches. And I had this brilliant idea like, oh, my God, you guys, we're in Decatur, Tennessee, um, and there's there's boxing matches happening. Um, we should offer our comedy services in between matches um, just free. We should just do that. It'll be great. Like, it'll be really interesting oh, and funny. It'll be a fun comedy energy. And it'll be, yeah, like this is the perfect, right, just to perform in front of a bare-knuckle um, boxing ring. And um, so I walk up to the person who's um, at the ticket counter, and I was just like, um, hello, we are a jolly band of Muslims, and we'd like to provide our free comedy services, you know? And uh, and the guy was just like, uh, all right, let me go ask my boss. And so he goes to get his boss, and then in that time, I sort of take note of where I am, and I uh, realize, and I don't know if you, what you guys know about bare-knuckle boxing, um, but it is definitely a sport in which um, the people involved have no regard for their knuckle skin. And so um, I, as I, like, surveyed the scene, I realized, like, oh, there's just a lot of blood dripping from a lot of different people's hands. I suddenly realized um, that this is maybe not the most welcoming environment, um, especially for a group of um, Muslim American comedians. The, guy, the guy's boss comes out, and uh, he's, you know, he's shirtless, um, though he is wearing a bow tie uh, to commemorate the occasion. And um, he comes out and he's like, y'all Muslims better get out of here. And then he grabs a stick and, um, and he starts running after, you know, me and um, everyone with us. And then in and, and this little, this event space... <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm stressing Brian out. The event space is um, on a hill or whatever. So then I, me and the camera crew and all the comedians, we start running down this hill, uh, and I just gently urinated myself uh, because that's when I, I really, really realized how unwelcome we were in that situation. So um, you know, it was it was definitely. Uh, it's, I know what it feels like to be stuck between a crematorium and a dildo shop is what I'm saying. You sure do. Oh my God. <laughs> but did you get a few swings in? <laughs> did you get in the uh, ring? 
I'm the kind of guy that I, it also turns out I'm deeply uncomfortable with all forms of violence. So that's the yeah. other thing I learned. It, it was a real learning day for me. Um, but it yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it turns out I don't ever really want to be around boxing at all. Oh my God. And again, I felt for you. I felt for you. <laughs> well, wouldn't uh, it have Brian, been really cool if it had worked, you know? Yeah, of course. God, if you had like, yeah, if you got a bunch of new fans that way, a bunch of new followers. Right? Come on. Yeah. It would have been an uh, interesting gig if it had worked. Well, you swung away. Uh, Brian, how about you? Yeah, uh, I, I've never stumbled into a boxing underworld. That was incredible. Uh <laughs> um yeah so uh one time this was like um this was like early on i would say early years after college um i was uh i had broken up with this uh girl and uh or we had broken up and it was she had had a bunch of stuff that she was storing like in my basement um like you know she wasn't living with me but like we had some room in our basement she had a bunch of stuff there and so like after we broke up she was like hey like would you mind like helping me like move the stuff out of there. She's like, you have, you know, cause I, I had a pickup truck. She's like, you know, like, would you mind helping me out? And I was like, I really didn't want to honestly, but I was like, you know what? Like I, I would feel bad if I did. So I'm just, I kind of like reluctantly agreed to do it. And then, um, and then this was about like a month after we had stopped, had broken up. Um, like on the day that she's coming to, um, help you know to come get her stuff and we're gonna move to whatever place she was going uh she's like hey i just want you to know like my new boyfriend is gonna be like helping us like with the move and i was like oh this is (laughs) this is more than i like this is more than i want to be into this um but i for some reason i think i just didn't want to admit that it would bother me um so i said yes and so I spent that day, like she shows up, um, with her boyfriend and I spent the day with basically like the three of us moving, uh, her stuff out of our, my basement. Um, and he shows up and like, he's, you know, he's a Marine of course, uh, because like it had to be, you know, it couldn't just be like a guy oh, that I could feel like cool. Oh, like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Like it's an, it was a Marine uh, and you know, which is just like the opposite of me. It was a clear reaction that she was like, you know, we ended and she's like, I want the opposite of courage uh, or, you know, I want the opposite of, I want the opposite of cowardice. I want courage and like a strong man. Uh, and so it just, did yeah, he take was, off his shirt during, during the proceedings? No, but he rolled up his sleeves. Uh, and I remember that moment of being like, oh damn, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's big. Uh, yeah, he he was very strong and he all and you know, it's also like it's a kind of thing where, you know, if if we were like doing some other activity, it would be like whatever, we'll just do this thing. But moving is very like physical. It's just oh, basically a series yes. of physical feats where you're normally not competing against the person you're doing it with, but it feels a little competitive in that environment when there's like, you know, my ex-girlfriend and his current girlfriend like standing there being like <laughs> Do you have that end of the t- like? It's like it, it was too much. It was. Uh, it's physical and it's tactical. Yes, like it's strategic. You got to figure out yes. how to get that couch right up those stairs. Yeah, and out it's that colla- door. It's collaborative. Yeah, it it's, is. It's normally yeah. a lot more collaborative. <laughs> this this felt like yeah. you know, and it was also like somebody should be in charge of that 
right? Like you kind of need a leader. I've done moving before. It's good if somebody's sort of leading the way. And then, you know, yep. in this situation, it's like, all right, who's going to, who's going to lead the way up these stairs? You know, it's, it was just, yeah. there's so many moments at which I was like, this is the worst possible. There's no worse situation than like sitting. And then, and then there's the ride to the place where we're like in the bed of the truck. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, just, just three, three peeps in a, in a <laughs> truck hanging out. It was, it was probably the worst day of my life still to this, to this day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. And it is 100% on her. You know that. Oh, yeah. but well, That's I, an impossible situation. Yeah. I mean, I should have, though, like, I think the the thing where I went wrong is I did the thing of just, like, doubling down and be like, no, this is, so, like, I did that macho man thing. Of like, I don't, I don't need, I'm not, this is going to hurt my feelings. It's fine. Yeah, bring your boyfriend over here. We'll move a couch. Uh, so <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done God. that. But, yeah. Okay. No, you know wow. what, though? you do, I think you do, you do get some sort of points entering heaven with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like to yeah. think you know that I mean? there's like... I think you get something. Yeah. At heaven, they're you like, you uh, what you you're get? a little soft. Yeah. Come on in. You're a little soft. <laughs> yeah, what, what you get is four points for that for that story. Uh, Negan gets seven because <laughs> there was bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> so it is seven to four. With uh, with a statue of a golden dog on top. All right, now let's get into a round we are calling Songs of Thanks. In this round, we're just going to do an end run around the larger cultural slash genocidal features of Thanksgiving by concentrating on the word thanks and hoping people don't notice. So this song, this round, is all about songs which in some way or another express gratitude. I'll play you the songs. I'll ask you questions. Bear in mind the questions... Just like a Thanksgiving dinner with your family will get harder as time goes on. Uh, your buzz in words at the ready as we begin. Here's the first track. Okay, that is Thanks for the Memories or Thanks for Thmers uh, by Fall Out Boy. The question is, what is another name for the season of fall? Chick. Oh. Yes, Brian. Autumn. That is correct. Okay, I get it now. Sorry. That is correct. <laughs> One point to you. It's okay. Uh, when I first moved to LA, this is a true story. The first first guy I dated when I moved to LA, very, very, very hot. Beach volleyball player, like at the semi-pro level. And uh, and it was around September. And, uh, and I was still kind of, you know, going back and forth between here and New York. And I wasn't quite sure where I was going to really eventually settle. And he was like, do you miss New York? And I said, yeah, you know, especially around this time of year. I really love autumn. And uh, and he goes, he thinks for a minute and he goes, that one's fall, right? <laughs> that one's fall, right? <laughs> and True he's story. now, you've been happily married now for 10 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. In real life, I was like, this, this is going nowhere. So we fucked for another month and that was that. Um, okay, uh, let's play clip number two. Thank you by uh, sleep-inducing Dido. Which rapper sampled that song for his third album, Curtain Call, in the song Stan? Chick? Chick. Eminem? That's correct. Oh, Eminem. that's right. Of course. That is right. Yeah, yeah. Good job, uh, Brian. Good right. job. Good job, Brian. Let's move on to number three. So, so I say thank you for the music 
That, of course, is Thank You for the Music by ABBA. Betty and Bjorn of ABBA wrote a musical which opened on Broadway in 1988 after a European tour and a run in London's West End. It includes the song I Know Him So Well and One Night in Bangkok. What was the musical's name? Dog slash Turkmenistan. Is it called, um, like, Chess? Yes! It It is is exactly called Chess. Okay. Yes. Wow. It's actual... Given Christian never name, never seen it. I just know someone who told me oh. that once, and that's Nikki, what's no one's ever seen it. Literally, like, it right? Holds it's not a very the famous, record yeah. for being the show that nobody has ever seen the most. Uh, <laughs> One point four. You okay? Clip number four. That is Gratitude by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire are three of the classical elements. Can you name the other two? Dog, um, air, <laughs> and water. Okay. Water and ether, yes. Well, I'll give it to you. Okay, great. Thank um, you. But the way that you said it, I, it really it really felt like the classical elements are earth, wind, fire, dog, and air. <laughs> Which they should be. They should be. Uh, clip number five. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. That is Thank You for Being a Friend, recorded by Cynthia Fee, best known as the theme song to The Golden Girls. However, the question is, what was the name of the character who appeared in the pilot of The Golden Girls as part of the main cast, but was dropped before it actually got picked up in Went to series. You'll see this character in exactly one episode of The Golden Girls. Because they went on to become real famous? Well, Do you no. want to give us a hint? Um, no. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. Um, in the pilot, they had like a live-in gay manservant named Coco, who Sophia called Fancy Man. And it was real problematic. And it didn't need to be there. So they got rid of him. And I don't know who played him. But the rest of them got real rich and famous from it. Well, there were, a lot of them were already famous. Estelle Getty got real famous. The rest of them were already famous. Okay. I'm not. If we start on the Golden Girls, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> Question number six. Donkey Shane. Sung by Wayne Newton in 1968. We all know Wayne Newton. We all know his nicknames are Mr. Las Vegas, The Midnight Idol, Mr. Entertainment. But what is Wayne Newton's birth first name? You're not going to get it. You're not. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. What is it? Let's end this farce right now. <laughs> <laughs> in what five is seconds. it? Five. Wait, four, can I just guess? Three. Yes, of course you can. Um, I'm. Um, I'm going to just guess that it's like, um, Pete. It's right. not. Brian, you want to take a swing? <laughs> want to take a bare knuckle swing? George? No. Carson. Carson Wayne Newton. What? Carson, Carson is Wayne a Newton. better name than It is. Carson Wayne. Newton. Carson Newton's a hot name. Why did he ditch that name? I well, am listen, a we'll lot just have to get him on the show and ask. Wayne Newton. Yeah, Jesus I Christ. I would not presume to speak for Wayne Newton, but I can tell you this. Brian, you have 10. Again, you have nine. I'm doing the math. I was I'm doing in the, the math. Lead. Okay. 
You were in the lead, but you blew it. But just, just by, just by one. Thank you for being here. We'll be right back with more Troubled Waters after this break. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! Welcome back to Troubled Waters. I'm your host, Dave Holmes. With us are Brian Parisi and Nagin Farsad. All right, now let's get into a round we are calling Fictional Family. Now, it's kind of hard to get together with family this holiday season because of, you know, uh, the pandemic. And we all have to choose sides in the upcoming Civil War. So in this round, we're going to give you the opportunity to make up a different family to spend your time with. You will each have one minute in total to name as many fictional relatives from popular culture as you can. Uh, Here are the rules. They must have a family title in their name, like Mother Goose or Auntie M, right? Um, Other titles could be cousin, father, sister, et cetera, et cetera. No repeats, please. So Brian... I'll give you 15 seconds to come up with as many fictional family members with family titles in their names okay. as you can. Then, Nagin, you will have 15 seconds. Okay. Then Brian will have 15 seconds. Then Nagin will have 15 seconds. And that will be it. Uh, be- Brian, because you are a tiny bit behind, I'm going to have you go first. Cool. 15 seconds to name as many fictional family members as you can. Your time starts now. Uh, father time. Uh, Mother Teresa. She's real. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, are we? Okay. I get it now. Uh, can, like, does it have to have father or brother in the title? Like, what am I? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Oh. Yes. Brother. <laughs> sister. Sister. Both of them? Sure. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Is it 15 seconds yet? It is. Okay, oh Nagin, God. your 15 seconds starts now. Oh, my God. Um, mother, um, may I? Nope. Um, no. Um, 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 right. Three, two. Um, Brother one. John. Brother John is some character Shh, somewhere. Probably. Frere Jaca. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian, 15 more seconds for you. Uh, cousin It. <laughs> Uh, yes, Uncle Fester. Uh, yes, Uncle Buck. Yes, uh, Uncle Henry. Four. Auntie M. Three. Uh, we did say that in the in the rules. Okay, your time is up. Nagin. What What about like the na- neighbor? Is neighbor sort of family? Like that neighbor no. neighbor in 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 you tool time. You can make that case. But um, no. In that okay. Uh, Okay, so you got none in that one. Um, Father got, Time. Uh, that was the first thing was that Brian that? said, Nagin. <laughs> Are you sure I didn't just say it for the first time? 
No, I'm positive. I was listening. You each get one more set of 15 seconds. Brian, your time starts now. Uh, Mother Nature? Yes. Uh, Mother Earth? (laughs) Uh, mm, Oh, uh, Auntie from the fucking... uh, Two. I don't, I, I'm not going to give you this point, but I'm dying to know what it is. Auntie from fucking. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I was thinking of the, the woman from The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, like, oh. Yeah. Aunt, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't watch it too much like real life. Nagin, 15 more seconds for you. Oh, um, oh, yeah. You're thinking of from The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia. I would great. like to take that. <laughs> giving you the Boy, point. Thank you. Um, um, also, Sister um, from Sound of Music, um, one of the sisters. There's so many. Uh, a sister should just be kind of a catch-all for all of the sisters in Sound of Music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so between 20 and 100 sisters. <laughs> yeah, I think I should get. And I'll just, just give me between 20 and 100 points for that. Yeah. For that sister, no. um, Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. With a uh, sister um, Janice, or sister Catherine, or sis- sister. Um, well, Nagin, you've Molly. just been yelling about nuns for about thirty seconds now. <laughs> I can't accept any of it. Um, you, Brian, got six points in that round. You, Nagin, got two, and we're just gonna award them. We're adding them in full to your point totals. So let's see, Brian, you've got twelve. Nagin, you've got eleven. Mm-mm-mm. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. I, I can remember as, as a child thinking it was odd that here was this can full of meat. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on my show Bullseye, David Letterman on shame, regret, and canned hams. Is this the best delivery version of, of pork? That's this week on Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. Hello and welcome back to Troubled Waters. I am your host, Dave Holmes. With us playing are Brian Parisi and Nagin Farsad. And now we're going to wrap this up with a game we're calling a side of jam. Now, one thing we can agree on for a holiday as revered and fucking stressful as Thanksgiving, there is not a good song to be found about Thanksgiving. In fact, a song specifically written about Thanksgiving, Jingle Bells, was taken away by Big Christmas to fortify its defenses against the uh, the, on, the the ongoing war against liberals. So that is why today I'm going to task you with creating some brand new Thanksgiving carols that our listeners can enjoy each and every holiday. I'll give you each a series of Thanksgiving-related subject matter and the instrumental track from a well-known holiday song, and we will make you improvise a new set of lyrics to go along with it, okay? <laughs> okay. Do you like to improvise? Do you like to sing? Do you like to salsa? Do you like to hustle? We're going to find out right now. Question number one, Brian, we're starting with you. We're going to give you, it's not a question, it's a song. We're going to give you the, the subject matter of gravy. You okay. will need to come up with a song to the tune of Jingle Bell Rock. Will you need a refresher on how that goes? Yes. Okay, let's let's we can play a little clip. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I got you it. You know this one, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. And now, with a song about gravy to the tune of Jingle Bell Rock, Brian Parisi. Gravy is so thick and creamy. <laughs> oh, my God. I am not good at this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man well actually yeah. maybe you didn't know how jingle bell rock went but <laughs> the song gravy is is a thanksgiving <laughs> oh my god classic for the ages no it's like it was, an, it's like it an existential question about gravy yeah that song yeah what is gravy yeah, when you yeah. Get down to it. how do you what do you um, even Nagin, define is yeah um, no more stalling, Nagin. It's up to you okay, now. You know, you know it. the tune of Santa Baby, yeah. Um, I I could use a refresher. Santa Baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, and your subject is stuffing. 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 Okay. To the tune of Santa Baby, which we will kick up right now. Nagin, take it away. Stuff me, baby. I'm a turkey tonight. Get your mind out of the gutter tonight. Stuff me, baby. I'm your turkey tonight. Stuff me, baby. <laughs> Okay, I mean, that was like legitimately my... good. That was that was solid. That was solid. Thank you that very much. Thank you. Again. I've been doing uh, Thanksgiving jingles my whole life. I that's I mean that is clear. That is plain as day. Uh, Brian, it is back to you. You know how uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas goes, right? Yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, correct. Da, 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 um, that tune. Uh-huh. A song about fighting with relatives. Brian, have at it starting in moments. It's beginning to look a lot like fist fights <laughs> with my Trump uncle. He has a lot of bad ideas. I, I turns out I only know the beginning of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a verse to that? I mean, I know bad the beginning. Ideas. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of bad ideas. Well, we we got there, and that's I think really all we needed to know. Brian, excellent work. Um, okay, Nagin. Yes. You know the song White Christmas. Um, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah, okay. That's, that's the one. That's the one. Uh, your song will be to the tune of White Christmas, a song about falling into a food coma. Okay. I'm in a tryptophan coma, just like the one I had last year. With drool coming out and dreams of leftovers near. <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic about that song. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that a lot. Now, here's the thing. There is a third round. 
But, it, it, okay. The, the tune that we're about to ask you to sing along to, Brian, mm-hmm. I swear to God, Riley Silverman or John Luke Roberts or both of them made it up. I've never heard of it. And I'm uh, uh, I've I'm old as hell, and I've been celebrating Christmas every year. Well, if I if I Do didn't you know, if I didn't nail it? the other ones, I'm gonna nail this one that I've never heard. <laughs> so I mean, so I think right now it's time for you to just do some freeform, okay. improvisational jazz. Cool, cool, cool. Um, oh, the the tune, by the way, and maybe you, watch you absolutely know it and have it be Crush your favorite it, yeah. Christmas song. Uh, I saw three ships come sailing in. No, that's never. pretend. That is pretend, and what the fuck does it have to do? <laughs> oh, you mean the Christmas boats? Yeah, the yeah, well, you know when the, all three Christmas boats come in. <laughs> Each wise man had, had a boat. They had to get I Jesus think, or whatever yeah. in the boat. Yeah, they took they took a, they took boats. They took boats. Um, you're, you know what? Fuck it. Um, we're gonna have you sing about parades on TV to the tune of the Holiday Standard. I saw three ships come sailing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get that backing track. Balloons, balloons, Macy's Day balloons, balloons. three (laughs) balloons, four balloons, five balloons, how is this a song? Daytime talk show, people. How was that? I loved it. I loved, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Um... Ooh, okay. It was minimalist, Nadine. but so moving at the same time. No, but it had a through line. It had. Yeah, a, it yeah, had yeah, yeah. No, line. I was with you. I was with you. There was an arc. Um, okay. Um, yeah, an arc is a kind of ship. Um, okay, <laughs> Nagin, we're gonna have you sing about uh, the nightmares of traveling at Thanksgiving to okay. Good King Wenceslas. You know this one, right? Travel on Thanksgiving is so rough, you gotta go to the airport. Everyone's a dick and you have bags, everyone at the airport. Going to the airport at Thanksgiving time is really annoying. Going to the airport sucks a D. Thank you, thank you. Oh man. <laughs> Nagin, you delivered three excellent songs. That had uh, that had rhymes, that had structure, that had melody. Uh, but Brian's uncle has bad ideas. So ten thousand points to Brian Parisi. <laughs> that makes you the winner of this week's Troubled Waters. Congratulations, uh, a well-earned victory. Can I just um, I'm just remind everybody that Brian had a song where most of the lyric was balloons. And then that yeah. word was repeated. Oh, Can I just remind you know us what? all? Just real quick, Nadine. though. <laughs> Nadine, no, it's fine. Thank you for reminding I'm me. Fine. Thank you for reminding me. That does change things. It does change things. 20,000 points to you, Brian. Um, it is now time for plugs. Let us know what you're working on. And then to write the karmic balance in the universe, something someone else did that you are loving. We'll start with you, Nagin. So, um, something that I'm, something that I'm plugging is, um, uh, Fake the Nation, my podcast. <laughs> it's a weekly podcast. Um, and it features a bunch of comedians that you'll love. We just had Samantha B on the show. That's this week's episode. We've had, uh, Margaret Cho. Uh, we've had, uh, Kamau Bell. I don't know. Just, uh, John Hodgman. Anyways, also Julian Castro, not a comedian, but a presidential Come candidate on. who was a real hottie. Um, a anyway, and, um, yeah, so, 
so listen to that show. It's a fun show on uh, Earwolf. And um, as 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 for something someone else is doing, you know, we I um, something I'm sort of a part of is like getting everyone. This is okay. This is just a little like this is a little bit of a community dorky thing. However, um, I really want to save our storefronts, and so and there's a whole save our storefronts. Um, movement happening you know because a lot of businesses are suffering in the pandemic and this is all over the globe um and so one thing um you know that that the save our storefronts um uh campaign um kind of led me and some neighbors to think of is um to just do all of our christmas shopping at your locals um so do not put your money into uh the online shopping you don't need amazon you don't need any of that go to your locals save them they need you during this holiday and i think um all of the the groups that are out there doing save our storefronts i'm really grateful and maybe that's not what you had on mind at all dave sorry that's exactly okay what I but, had in mind. Thank <laughs> good good but yes i hope Thank everybody you. joins me um and my neighbors and the community in new york city um in just uh you know saving our storefronts and buying buying from them during this holiday season. Yes, absolutely. Could not agree more. Thank you for that. Uh, and now, undisputed champion, Ryan Parisi. What you got? Uh, I just uh, I released an album last week uh, called Last Wishes. Uh, not a great week to release an album during election week, no. but uh, <laughs> happened anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's out there. Uh, it's streaming everywhere, so uh, you can check it out. My my last name is Parisi. It's Paris with an E after it, and uh, yeah. I posted on about uh, I'm posting about it a lot on social media and stuff. So uh, you can check it out there. Um, and then to plug something somebody else is doing, uh, another comic that I know uh, has a great album that she had put out um, during the pandemic. I feel like I'm plugging things that got a little buried by other news, but uh, mm-hmm. Chanel Ali uh, put out an album uh-huh. um, called Chanel Number no. One, and it's great. Um, so you should check it out. We love her. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm Dave Holmes. I host a podcast called Troubled Waters. You should listen to it. Um, also, something someone else did. Um, let me be the last to tell you uh, that the Biba Doobie album, Fake the Flowers, is awesome. I am completely addicted to it. If you like your your 90s Juliana Hatfield style, uh, angsty, emo loveliness, uh, I cannot get enough. Fake the Flowers by Biba Doobie. Brian Parisi, Nagin Farsad, thank you for playing Troubled Waters. And you there with the headphones, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Troubled Waters. You've been listening to Troubled Waters with me, Dave Holmes, playing with Brian Parisi. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Nagin Farsad. Hey. Hey. Our theme music is USA versus White Noise by Ladytron. Thanks to them for letting us use it. The script was written by Riley Silverman and John Luke Roberts. And our producers are Christian Duenas and Laura Swisher. And wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.